welcome to the Easy Yoga Podcast with myself, Gemma Nice, Easy Yoga founder, author, yoga coach, and relationship coach. It is my pleasure to have you here and for you to feel energized, calm, happy, and for you to have the perfect relationship with yourself, your partner, and your family without seeing a family therapist, changing your personality, or leaving your job. You will learn techniques and things to help you guide you through a better life through health, meditation, yoga, journaling, nutrition, and all things yoga for you to have the life you deserve and crave and for you to love yourself on a soul level. Thank you so, so much for being here today. And I am so grateful and so full of love to have you here. Enjoy this next episode. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode from Easy Yoga, all things relationships, yoga and well-being. And today my special guest is Marina Pearson. Marina is the custodian of hearts for women with a manifesto human design profile, which I'm really excited to talk about as well, <laughs> who are ready to unshackle themselves from their people-pleasing chains to manifest the loving relationships and the life they are here for. Over the past 15 years, she has worked with mums and women by running retreats and guiding circles, hosting podcasts as well, and authored two books, the best-selling Goodbye Mr. X and The Joy of Being, to unshackle them from stress and anxiety. Her work has also been supported by Marie Claire, New Magazine, Best, Sky TV, The Guardian, and This Morning, to name a few. Aside from the professional accolades, she loves nature, beauty, and connection. So welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks. <laughs> wow, that's quite a mouthful. When I hear oh, that, no. I'm like, wow. Oh. That was. <laughs> so how did you kind of get into what you do now, really? What's your kind of backstory? So it all started with my first divorce actually um and when i look back at the trajectory it's all been about relationships it's always been about relationships and when i look at my gene keys and human design profile it's all around relationships and so it makes complete sense that i come back to it um and we were just having a conversation weren't we really about the journey for me has always been very expressive woman um as a child I used to do a lot of acting and singing I was head chorister at school and I was given the funny parts and uh I used to play musical instruments so there was a lot of that going on in my life creative expression mm. and however where I really couldn't see and I would say was my blind spot was that because I was constantly being told that I was really super expressive where I wasn't so much was in my relationships, my intimate relationships with men. Mm -hmm. And it was a real conundrum for me because I couldn't quite understand it because I took on this identity of I'm an expressive woman. Yeah. So therefore it can't be me that's in the wrong. It must be them, right? Because I'm expressive. So yeah. therefore my expression is valid. However, over time, um, my this blind spot for me was so blind that even after years of working in um you know authoring books um about heartbreak and then one on for wimp for mums in business to um live a joy-led life to podcasts to being surrounded by lots of people who you know are very conscious mm. i had this huge blind spot and 
it was back in 2021, was it, when we came out of COVID? I can't quite remember, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, my, my relationship at the time broke down. And it was like, it was the end of the world for me. And I still couldn't understand why it affected me so much. Why was it that after all these years of work, I was still having a hard time in terms of, it feels like when somebody leaves my life that I've been intimately related with, that somehow it's this most painful, dramatic, catastrophic thing that it feels like my world's just falling apart. And I was like, well, this is weird. So I started looking into other things because until that point, I'd been in sort of the non-duality space for about 10 years mm-hmm. where, I mean, the basic teachings are, we are all one, um, thought creates our reality, um you are not your thinking but ultimately you are led by this wisdom of mind and you are you create your reality through your thoughts and so forth so it was all very ethereal very floaty very lovely and it was very helpful because it basically like any pain I was feeling I was like no it's my thinking this has actually got nothing to do with my situation So that was really helpful because it was a bit like a feather bed because I would come back to actually, this is not about the situation. This is about my story about Mm -hmm. this situation that's creating all of this drama. And, but I was still curious because it didn't really answer why specific to me, I had this going on. Mm, Yeah. And I started to read about attachment theory and I worked with somebody who was using this in her work and it became very clear to me that I had anxious attachment. Okay. And anxious attachment effectively is um, when you were younger, you never knew how it was going to be at home. You never knew when you were going to get the love, when, how it was a very unpredictable. Mm-hmm. And so the way that you called out for love was kind of, quite needy in that respect um and so it can come out in attention seeking it it can come out in people pleasing um it can come out in um not being able to understand you know like somebody says I need space and not being able to understand that and kind of grasping it's almost like love me please love me please love me please love me right so this was really new to me you know here I'd written books and I was like, holy shit, this is me. Yeah. And it was a huge, but as I said, a huge blind spot. And so I started sort of venturing down the individualization route, which was more about my story, my own individual story, mm-hmm. my own individual um, hurts and pains. And I discovered, unbeknownst to me, that my struggle had always been to share my truth in my intimate relationship, not just with the masculine, but that's where I focus with women, but ultimately with my family as well. Yeah. Especially with certain types of my family. And I never felt safe enough to share what I was really thinking. I never felt safe enough to um, share when I was really upset. I spent a lot of my time crying in toilets on my own and not sharing that with anyone. And it was fascinating to me because I was like, it started to all make sense. Yeah. 
you know, my father was very aloof. He was a lot older. He was 58 when he had me. And I was quite unexpected. So you can imagine a 58 year old man who had been in the naval forces for years and suddenly went, oh God, how am I going to deal with this little creature? <laughs> and we didn't really have all that much of an emotional connection, not until later, because of course, as a child, he had no understanding of this. Mm. So his his relationship with me was very standoffish. It wasn't very kind of loving and caring. And it was very much like, P's and C's, oh darling, yes, here you go. Uh, great education, do what I need to do, just fulfill my fatherly duties, mm. which, you know, I'm not complaining about, but for this little girl that just wanted love from her father, it was like, oh my God. So I was being a bit of a hopeless romantic. And I wrote a piece on Facebook recently and I was just sort of quandering over it. So I was like, actually, you know, it makes sense when you start to join the dots, right? It's like my sisters always used to say when I was lying in my pram, if if, if a woman looked over it, um, I'd probably like go, ooh, and pull a face and just be like, no, that doesn't interest me. But if a man looked over, completely different response. Yeah. It started gurgling and laughing. And, and that was as a baby. That's amazing. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. yeah like, and it's just like, Oh my God. So then, but this is something that I completely had not, that I hadn't put all the dots together. And this is why when I did, it just became all really apparent to me that the women I now work with have had a very similar background, which is women who are super creative. So they might be musicians, artists, um authors women who express in their work right they're creative work that they're just like they're really good at expressing in the, in their creativity but where they had this huge blind spot is is their intimate relationship um with the man that they're with um or they've dated or so forth and so on and because the very nature so the one, the other thing is that um, usually there's been some sort of neglect or trauma as a child. Yeah. Um, and that could be physical abuse, um, emotional neglect. Because ultimately, uh, anxious attachment comes from these, these situations. And when I, when I was reflecting on this, because I was like, well, I haven't been physically abused. And then I thought, well, hang on a second. I had a horrible, horrible um, headmistress okay. at my school. Now she looked like Mrs. Trunchbull, <laughs> honestly. And she read, and she led the school like Mrs. Trunchbull, right? <laughs> That's horrible. She was just horrible. But her husband, so when I consider those two, he was definitely in his feminine. He was like the big bear who was obviously quite submissive in comparison to her. She was like curly, gray hair and just big face and just generally like Mrs. Trunchbull. She even dressed like her. <laughs> and um, she had it for me, like she had it in for me. And basically the things I do remember were being caned and being humiliated by her, by other people, but in front of other kids. Wow. And I never shared this with my parents. I don't know why. And possibly that's where it all started. Yeah. Um, I would say that that's probably, no, that's where it started. Because at home, we I had a 
beautiful family. Um, my dad was very absent though, that is true. So between this woman and the absent father, but you know, I'm not blaming him in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Um, he was doing the best he could being who he was with his own upbringing and his own neglect and so forth. I, yeah, I, I basically, I had to call, I, you know, I spoke to my sister at Christmas and I said, you know, I was, I was emotionally abused at school and actually physically abused at school. She went, what? Wow. And it was, and it was like, oh my God, why didn't you ever say anything? And I said, well, I don't know. I think I was scared. I think I was, she said, if you told mum, she would be right out there and giving her what for. And I said, I know, but, and. It didn't feel safe. That you it could. just didn't feel safe. So I carried that mm. lack of safety within myself for years. Yeah. And I had other family members that were kind of, they weren't very nice either. And so, but I swallowed it and I kept swallowing and I kept swallowing and I kept swallowing. So to me, it was almost like the boyfriend or the love I was seeking was this fantasy, please save me yeah. from how I feel from this darkness that I'm in, but please save me, please save me, please save me. And I remember, I mean, you know, I was thinking about this and I'm like, even by the age of eight, I already had fallen in love yeah and so these were all telltale signs right um that I was desperate to be loved by a man by the opposite sex and unfortunately or fortunately which is why I do what I do today um I lost my virginity in a very very um non-respecting way um it was I said yes, and then I was completely ignored the next day. So right. there were things happening in my life that were really um, reflecting what I was believing mm. about the world. Yeah. I had no idea of that. Like, I was just like, you know, I didn't realize. Yeah. But I didn't say anything there either. I just would keep quiet. Mm. So all of these things, I was starting to keep quiet, keep quiet, keep quiet. And then... Um, and so when it came to being in relationship and relating, I would usually go for men who were heavy drinkers. Okay. And I would drink then to be, to mask how I was feeling, but also to have those really, really, uh, to have those really <laughs> important conversations when you're drunk because it's the yeah. only time that you can actually have them because now you've got the courage to do so, right? Yeah. So, yeah. um, honestly, like no understanding of any of this until about three years ago where I was like, oh, wow. And so this journey has really been one about me unraveling that for myself. Mm. And in doing so, the deep seeing for other women that are going through the same thing. Because of course, at the time when you're in a blind spot, when resentment is how you live yeah um because you go from one part to the other some women who 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 use people pleasing as a condition that as a as a as a trauma response really yeah. um they end up either going down the route of 
not understanding boundaries at all. And so, you know, if some guy says, hey, I need space, that's where like, I can't give him space. I need him. I need him. She'll call a thousand times or whatever it might be. Or like I used to, which is I'll give him the space, but it was potentially like so much suffering there. All I could think about was what have I done wrong? Mm-hmm. Um, I should have said so. And it would just be ruminating and ruminating and ruminating and blaming myself and making myself wrong. And so, but never coming to the relationship, never coming to the relationship and talking about it. It's as if it never happened. Yeah. So this all stuff was going on and it was all brought to light. And I thought, this is something that I need to unravel for myself, but also I need to work with and journey with. And so the journey for the last three years has really been an unraveling and unshackling. Yeah. I call it from the conditioning I was in to, to come to this place now where, and this has been fascinating for me to see because what I've understood now is that it was a lack of understanding and a lack of awareness that was creating all of this. Yeah, so I had no understanding around attachment theory. I had no understanding around polarity work. I had no understanding of, um, I didn't have much of a connection or not, not that I didn't have a connection with spirits or with yeah. something bigger. Cause I always have, but I didn't have conversations. Mm-hmm. And as I've gone deeper into this work, what I've realized is, is that actually Um, the thing that I was really looking for was a deeper connection with life. It wasn't even about the other person. It was a deeper connection with life and a deeper connection with my soul. Mm -hmm. Um, But I constantly looked out there for the validation. So I help women unshackle themselves from, from this conditioning and support them in being able to um, express their heartfelt truth in their relationships. Yeah. Because I suppose it does all, like you've just said, come from childhood, roughly, anyway, and people-pleasing. But again, like you said, you're a manifester. How can people, especially with human design, I am a generator 6'2", so I'm different to you, (laughs) in a way. But how can people that, well, don't even know that they're people-pleasing, like what would that that mean as such? Well... Are there two questions in that? Because I'm not quite understanding the question. Are you saying just specifically for manifestors? No, no. Well, just like, yeah, in general, if people are people pleasers, but don't really realise what they are as in a people pleaser. Right. So maybe signs or something. Yes. Um, Okay. So primarily, um, I've always seen people pleasing that they struggle with relationship anxiety so usually if somebody says i need space suddenly it's just like this huge surge of anxiety around they want to leave they 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 catastrophize so like it's this moment of like oh my god this is going to end what have i done wrong um versus seeing it for what it is it's like deep entrenched in that then so then the other thing is um, I don't mind when you do mind, but you don't say so. Yeah. So ultimately, what I see is that you you struggle to share what you want. So the journey really is about going from them to me. Mm-hmm. What do I want? 
because the I has always been deemed as selfish within the family. And so basically what you're saying is, is no, no, you've got to look outside. You've got to be kind. You've got to be nice to all those people and brought up nice little girls. So basically it's like the journey is going from out there, coming back to self mm-hmm. and you've got, what do I want? Usually what they want, what they want, what they want. So if you're constantly going what they want, what they need, do you need anything? Do you need anything? Do you need anything? Then that's a big sign. The other sign is um, not wanting to rock the boat. I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to say that. It's not worth saying because I don't want to rock the boat. Mm-hmm. Or I don't want any conflict. Or... Um, I, it's better that I don't say this because, and you catastrophize the relationship in your head. So that would be another, another thing. The other thing also is finding it hard to say no Mm -hmm. and, um, and feeling guilty when you do. Yeah. Um, so it's like, I can't say no, resent when you don't say no, and then feeling guilty when you do, if you get to that point. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, and then you feel guilty and then you ruminate over it and then you, and you possibly like maybe go oh my god I'm so sorry if they get pissed off or whatever and you make you you beat yourself up um instead of being kind to yourself but you beat yourself up about that my classic one and this was one that went all the way back to when I was a lot younger probably about four four or five my friend uh, Jessica said to me one day she's I never understood this moment in our lives when we were at when we were at home and you um I was really mean to you and you went into the cupboard chocolate cupboard and you came out and you gave me some chocolate and said sorry that is a big reveal yeah <laughs> you take on the blame somebody else and they've been shit to you so um that's another that's another sign you've got that going on and um what else might there be those are the ones that come to mind right now. Yeah, yeah. So then in human design, you're a manifester. How does that equate to then the people pleasing in a manifester? Wow. So <laughs> this is a this was another sort of huge reveal for me. Um, well, in human design, you've got five energy types. I don't know how much your audience knows about human design. Are they do they understand some, it? Yeah, yeah, some do. Yeah. Okay, cool. So as you know, that there are five energy types and I'm a manifesto, which is about 10, eight to 10% of the population. Um, and so unlike all of the other energy types, we are initiators. So what does that mean? It basically means that we can go out and initiate. We can reach out to people and go, hey, um, all the other types have to wait to, to receive an invitation. Mm-hmm. Now, if for whatever reason you've got that people pleasing going on, you spend most of your time asking permission. Yes. Hello, can I, maybe? Um, because you're so, so like afraid of being rejected. Mm. And if you are, you make it about what a shit person you are or how unlovable you are. Or So first of all, is like, we're supposed to inform people and <laughs> If you're people pleasing, you're not going to be informing, are you? You're going to be asking, you're going to be like, maybe not saying. So there's that 
then you've got this other thing, which is um, we hate being told what to do. <laughs> yeah. Very angry. And anger in a woman is just really like a big no-no. In society, yeah. <laughs> so here we are, like society is already going, no, you have to be polite. You have to be considerate oh you definitely can't get angry but manifestors do we do and I have made my I made myself wrong for being angry for so many years and ultimately what would happen is instead of being letting that out I would turn it back on myself so I was anorexic for many many years and um I yeah, it, it was just all of that hate came back to me because I wasn't able to channel it anywhere else, or at least I didn't understand how to, because yeah. I thought that being angry was wrong. Yeah. So um, that, it, that in and of itself is a biggie. The other thing is um, I, where we also, we have a undefined sacral, so, um, I think it's done to find sacral. The, the, the generators, um, manifesting generators, projectors don't. Some of them do, some of them don't, but we never do. Which basically means, unlike the rest of society who are on the go, 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 our energy doesn't work that way. Yeah. We don't have a tank that is full all of the time. And I now can really understand that because what would happen would be was I would go, 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 go. And then feel so tired mm. that I'd have to retreat. And so at school, you can imagine it was run by generators. And so I always felt like I was different. Yeah. There was also this sort of um, dense aura that we have supposedly. And this dense aura can be repelling. Now, not repelling in the sense of like nobody likes you, but repelling in the sense that we don't really tell you how we're dealing, doing, expressing, um, and people don't quite get that. Yeah. And so everybody else has opened auras and we don't. It's like, here we are. Um, and that can be really difficult when you don't understand that that is a manifesto because ultimately suddenly people that you're really friends with they just disappear you're like what the fuck happened and so you make it about you yeah so here you are being a manifester in the world only eight percent of you nobody really understands that you don't understand it you feel totally different life is showing you that you are not the same as everybody else and it just like if you've got stuff going on around your conditioning on i don't want to be rejected um i want to be loved and you seek validation from the outside world it's hardcore because you've got all of this going on and it's more intense because ultimately you're not supposed to fit in yeah <laughs> Like we are the trailblazers, the pioneers, the people that go out there and do crazy shit that most people wouldn't because that's our 
that's our role in the collective. But then there was this other thing, which was the throat chakra. Mm -hmm. So the throat. Manifestors have um, a defined throat. And so what this means is that um, we are able to express. However, understanding this better, when you've got all of that going on, um, there might be throat wounds. Ultimately, not saying, not sharing, yeah. not expressing. Um, because of all of this going on, like, I don't fit in. What is wrong with me? People don't like me. Um, and I am living in a world where I feel like I have to do all of these things, but I don't quite, I, I want to fit in, but I don't quite fit in. And I'm knackered and um, I, I can't express. So we lose all our power. We just live in a really non-aligned way. Um, more so than most. Yeah. Which is because we're not supposed to. <laughs> and, you know, the, the manifestors have always been kings and queens and regal personas. Mm -hmm. So they, they were always on the periphery of the mass. They were never in it. Yeah. And so I always, always felt like I was on the periphery and never could quite understand. So you can imagine that even with that sort of abandonment wound that I was hanging out with and then rejection wound that I was hanging out with, then, you know, going out there to pioneer something, I've got, I'm a three, five. So then on top of that, <laughs> you know, I'm supposed to fuck up. I'm supposed yeah. to like make loads of mistakes yeah. and bump up, bump up against life and then come back and tell everybody what not to do because I've done <laughs> it and it didn't work out. Yeah. Um, plus it's a five. So people put you on pedestals and then they project mm -hmm. when they, you don't meet up to that expectation. So, yeah. you know, now I understand that, but before I was like, whoa. Yeah. They should teach this in schools. <laughs> yes, they should. And so with my son, he's a projector. So when he tells me he's really tired and he needs time off, I give it to him. Because I know that he needs time off. Like um, he said to me yesterday or the day before, he's like, I really want to stay home. And I said, not this week, but I'll give you a day off next week. You don't have to go to school. So it's really helpful mm -hmm. to understand, um, you know, what was what's going on. So as I said, like for me, I have found, especially when it comes to dating or there's loads of questions around that for manifestors because we're like, we initiate, we initiate, but we're told we're not supposed to. And then somebody said something really interesting the other day, which was like, yeah, but a lot of this dating stuff is actually put out there by generators. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that is so true. Yeah. So their lens on the world is going to be like that. Mm -hmm. But for the manifestors of the world, there is no problem in initiating. In fact, the feminine is can initiate. She's supposed to initiate, but she's not supposed to control the masculine. But that's not that's not a manifestor thing. Mm -hmm. So um, it's the unshackling of that conditioning for me that has been huge, mm. and that understanding of. I'm not supposed to fit in. I um, 
I can own that now. Yeah. Um, and I can also own um, my truth. Yeah. Um, that's not to say that I don't have moments, because I do. But I would say 90% of the time, I'm able to really share what I need to from my heart. And there's a really big difference, you know, in communicating something like, and I'll give you an example, because I think this is a very personal example where um, my partner and I don't live together. Um, he's got a 13, uh, 14 year old son and I have a nine year old son. And so just this, once again, the romantic idea, when I first met him, it's like, well, oh, the romantic idea of all of us living together mm -hmm. and happy family and la la la. And so it's really easy that when you come from that filter of romantic, um, you project all of that sort of uh, rom-com yeah. <laughs> experience onto the relationship, right? And he just didn't see it. He's like, no, he's a projector. He's just like, no, no, I don't see this. I don't see this. I don't see this. And over time, I've had to give him the credit because actually I now don't see it either. Yeah. And we do what we can in terms of seeing each other and that sort of thing. And it's, he lives like an hour and 20 minutes away. And when he, he would leave, he's like, I've got to go now. Um, I get really hurt and feel yeah. like, well, why can't you organize your week so that you don't have anything on the Friday? Why is it that you can't actually sort of book me in and like leave time for that? What's going on? Why do you have to have your, why can't you keep that clear? Am I, so it's all about me and how I don't matter, how I am not worthy, how him not spending time with me was a reflection on me. So I would say to him, well, I want you to spend time with me. And you don't spend time with me. So how the hell is this going to work? Yeah. Right. So that's that's kind that's kind of coming from wounding. It's kind of coming from that place of like, you know, I want to control this. And so when you don't do that and live up to my expectation, mm -hmm. um, I'm going to reprimand you for, for it or I'm going to just resent you. Versus going, I love spending time with you. I just love it. How can we make it so that we can spend more time together? Yeah. Any ideas? <laughs> Such a difference, right? Yeah. Same, same, exactly the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. One is coming from the heart and I love you and I can see that you're going through something. And the other one is, oh, poor me, I'm the victim and I need you to fulfill my need for love and validation. Yeah. And so when we come from that place, it's always going to be actually really repelling for the masculine. Yeah. Um, not always, but ultimately over time it will be because they feel like their the 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 effort that they're putting in mm -hmm. is not being recognized or met. Or now I'm not talking about, you know, um a relationship that is based on manipulation and control i'm i'm talking about a relationship that has its idiosyncrasies and that sort of thing but you know when i realized that people pleasing was actually manipulation mm -hmm. it hit me i was like oh my god i'm attempting to manipulate the situation because if you don't do as i say 
I'm going to get pissed off and angry. Yeah. That's not love. Yeah. Yeah. And so we think, oh, nicey, nicey, people pleasing. It's not. It's actually quite mean and quite irresponsible in the sense of like, well, I'm going to put all of the responsibility on you and I don't take any responsibility for the dynamic in this at all. And it's all on you and you have to meet my needs, even though ironically enough, people pleasing is all about, I'm going to, I'm going to give you what you want. And, but underlying that is if I give you what you want, you'll give me what I want. And if you don't give me what I want, I'm going to resent you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because I can't share what's really in my heart. Therefore, I don't because I'm so scared of getting it wrong. Yeah. Because I've been told that, like, I've done it before and I've been reprimanded. But what what they're not seeing, what I didn't see, was that it's not that you don't communicate. It's you've got to learn how to communicate in the right way. Yeah. Also to the right person, not just to anybody. So there's a lot going on underneath that surface and people pleasing is just the top liner yeah but actually when you start uncovering it goes a lot lot deeper than that yeah yeah now we are going to go to a short break see you the other side you that I am now an ambassador for Toby Gifts and they are an incredible company who do coconut bowls, upcycled rice bags, recycled plastic notebooks in the form of elephant dung paper, yes you heard that right, coconut spoons and bamboo straws and Toby Gifts is an incredible company owned by English entrepreneur Hannah Hodson and she wanted to build an ethical fair trade and socially responsible business selling coconut and smoothie bowls to the UK and it was founded with a triple bottom line philosophy where people and planet are just as important as profit. The team established partnerships with many different groups in Sri Lanka to build a brighter future for their local communities and it is such a lovely company to work for. They're fair trade, they have the ability to directly change lives as well as our ever-present sense of evolving environmental changes help us to keep focus on making the world a better place. So you can get a discount with tovigifts.com. Go to tovigifts.com and in the checkout put Yogi Gemma 10 for a 10% discount and go ahead and find out more about them because they are an incredible company and I absolutely love them. The coconut bowls are so beautiful. The the children really love them. They also love the the straws as well. It's just oh I just love it so so much. And actually I'm using the notebooks for all of my clients as well. So yes, go and have a look. It's tovygifts.com and use Yogi Gemma 10 at the checkout for your wonderful discount because then that kind of leads on to boundaries of where I don't know where do you feel that there is a boundary because if you're constantly people pleasing you don't really realize that there's a boundary that you're crossing right so this can come so I dipped into shadow work for a bit and um so the way I work is usually very intuitive with lots of understanding of different ways of seeing it from a different lens there's inner child work that shadow work gosh there's just multiple layers of this 
And so I have a really good understanding of quite a lot of lenses. And so I bring it kind of all together to just be in that experience with them. And so I know you asked me a question and I know, what was it? Because I just completely lost my train of thought. When you're a people pleaser, but you have a boundary or that you don't know that you have a boundary and that to be healthy, there should be boundaries, but you don't know that. Right. So um, in shadow work, they, they call it um, that there's a pole. Mm -hmm. so you can be a people pleaser and react in two different ways we can have many different ways but ultimately let's go to the extreme the first one is you're like it's all about me I need you and so that's when you have the heart 100 calls because I need you to make this okay for me and until we have that conversation and I want to, you know, until we have that conversation or until you say it's okay, then I won't be okay. So then that can be the hundred calls. It can be the texts. It can be um, a crazy moment where you drive up and you go and you have like this huge outburst and you think you're being vulnerable. Mm. Okay. So there's that side of the shadow pill. Then, so that I would say that that's when there isn't any like, like I, I've been asked to stop, but I'm not respecting you because my needs of validation come from you. Therefore I need to carry on that. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then there is this other thing, which is what masks that too, is my need to spend time with you. But I couldn't understand why my partner couldn't just organizes week so that he could leave the Friday and be here for that weekend mm -hmm. she just couldn't understand it. it's like what I would do yeah <laughs> so why, why aren't you doing it <laughs> and I realized that he's just different to me and that he needs more time and he needs more space and and and, and it's just not personal to me so I began to understand it but I only really began to understand it when I started to be able to sort of say no okay What are my boundaries? What are my limits? What am I saying no to? And that's been a huge journey for me too, because usually when we don't respect other people's boundaries, it's because we don't know ours either. Yes. Yeah. So it's a reflection, but you don't see it that way because all you see is the pain, the hurt, the why don't you want to spend time with me? I want to spend more time with you. Why aren't you sorting it out? It's all on you. It's a huge responsibility for the other person. It's a pain in the ass. I was watching um, Love, uh, Love is Blind yesterday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, it's so awful. But I got so entrenched in it. There was this one lady called Chelsea. And I just thought, why is this guy putting up with this shit? I mean, honestly, it was like, would you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Oh, my God, do you love me? He looked at another girl. Does she love me? And I just thought, oh my God, that used to be me. How awful. Like when you're in it, you don't see it. It's like this little girl just wants the attention. She wants the love from you, 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 you. And the other the guys are just like going, oh my God, I just need some space. I'm not yeah. your father, you know? So um, 
but it's innocent mm, yeah it's absolutely innocent and you don't see it because you're in it you get caught, so caught up in it it's, it's your reality it's what you what you're in until you start to unshackle yourself from there so I've got a lot better at being able to um express what I don't want express what I do want now I tell my partner sometimes it's like I don't actually I, I think you need to go home yeah because you need the time for you yeah and what happens there is I see him relax and it's just like okay oh thank you for giving me what I need because okay. he sometimes yes. doesn't even know and I'm like yeah so what I'm seeing is giving the other person what they need because I've never been one of these women to go what do you need what do you need I've always been yeah. about you need to give it to me <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was on the other side right so people please yeah. them come in many shapes and sizes it doesn't mean like everybody's like this because mm -hmm. it depends on where you sit on the shadow pole but for me it was about you are here to meet my needs and if you don't then you're an asshole yeah. or then you're wrong or then but on the veneer it was like I'm nicey nicey I love you you're amazing um I put you on a pedestal it's just that's so interesting the whole concept of it is just that? it's it's mind-blowing but yeah what do you hear in that yeah yeah what do you hear in it that it's it's all to do with like your inner work and so many people don't realize that it comes from the inner work from childhood or well anything really that it is all ingrained so much from our childhood that we have to then unpick it and understand each little unpicking before we can then move on to something else or be a different yeah a completely different person than what you actually think yeah and the other thing is that the men men are men yep <laughs> they are not hairy girls and so <laughs> they have a really different way of being like the other thing i could never understand is why we'd have this amazing weekend of intimacy and then he would just disappear yeah and i'd be like why oh my god is he ending it oh he's just using me it's just comfortable i mean like honestly batshit crazy heads <laughs> like my crazy right and i'd be like it's all about me and he's going to yeah. dump me now and why has he disappeared and I need him but I wasn't telling him any of this this is yeah. just like my own dialogue and then I'd be like oh I'm gonna you know the amount of energy that I would expend yeah. on like having conversations that were never had yeah. or having that conversation with myself over and over again yeah and I realized that men after having sex usually and a lot of intimacy they need space they need yeah. to retreat they need to build up their testosterone again it's basically biological so a lot of this is just biological they don't even know they don't understand but ultimately I took it upon myself to really have a better understanding of men mm, yeah. and also a better understanding of my role as a woman in the relationship now this doesn't come from like here in the 1940s where you're preparing your dinner and you know <laughs> here you go husband this is very nice and traditional role so that's not me at all but it was more like because I would also get pissed off at the fact that I would have to be the one coming to him yeah tell him what's going on why can't he just figure it out mm. and then I realized that's not his role my role in the relationship is to say hey this is what I want mm. are you open to that yeah what do you think and then leave it with him and yeah. then him to go oh she's asking you to do something oh I better go and do it now sure 
no, give me a moment or whatever it might be. I can't meet you right now, but possibly in another time. Yeah. And I never realized that I needed to be the one to ask for what I want because ultimately my reality was he's supposed to read my mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But they are the worst. They are the worst to doing that because yeah. they're not supposed to. They are just like this. They are the ones that need direction. And so, and the other thing I didn't realize was they love to be appreciated. It is yes, like, that's a big one. Yeah. Big one. And so it's like, um, you know, because I was so, my heart was so closed and I was just, it was shackled. Being able to appreciate my man was so vulnerable for me. It's like, why do I need to go first? What if I say that he's amazing and he runs away? Yeah. And, and what about me? Why isn't he saying this stuff to me? And, oh God. And so, you know, understanding polarity has been a life game changing for me. Mm -hmm. Understanding anxious attachment has been a game changer for me. Understanding um how we create our realities being game changing for me and also the inner child work um and shadow work has also been wonderful because i've seen that they all kind of come together in a yeah. holistic manner um that can be really satisfying and the other thing is that i now have sort of a my point of view on this is that when once somebody comes to me i kind of check out to see where they are on the unshackled journey because they could be right at the beginning, which is they have no understanding of what's going on at all. They they're in the blind spot, and then over time they become they go into the um, unshackling of it all. Yeah. So when they start to see glimpses, the awareness that they have, they start to realize, hang on a second, this is actually more to do with me. This is about my journey. They are just here to shine a light on all the wounding that we've got here. Wow, <laughs> that's a lot going on. Yeah, and then they get to this point where they're in that unshackled space of, okay, there's more of my reality here that is more about the understanding of what I've been learning. And now I understand a little bit more about my role and this is working out, this is working, but I'm still a little bit unclear, but a lot of the journey has already been had. And then finally, um, unshackled embodied as I call it, which is, it's now second nature. You don't even think about it. It's almost like, um, I'm able to share from my heart something that is important to me, yeah. but I have no fear over it anymore or, you know. So um, there is a process and a journey I take them on depending on where they are on that journey. Yeah. So they can be in the unshackled. I mean, they can be in the shackled completely and which is complete conditioning. They can be in the unshackling of it all, unshackled, unshackled embodied. So that's kind of where we get them to. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. And what are two takeaway points from today's conversation? Like to sum up what we've spoken about. There's a way through. Yes, I love that. There's a way through and that you are the love you seek. So whatever you're looking for on the outside is already inside of you. Um, now, if you're thinking, oh, my God, what does that mean? Well, I want to finish off with a story, if that's OK. So I was having a conversation with a client of mine and we were talking about an ex-boyfriend of hers. And she was sharing that she didn't want to, um, that she was closed off from dating. Okay. 
she didn't want to get herself into a relationship. And so I checked in because, you know, often we can go, well, I don't, I'm closed off from dating. I'm closed off from meeting someone because that's what's aligned for me. Yeah. It feels really true that that's what's aligned or it can come from a place of insecurity, which is like, I just don't want to go there. Neither are wrong. It's just to fathom and then to go, okay, well, now I have a choice. Is is that still true for me, right? It's just to be in the inquiry of reflection of that. And we were chatting about this ex-boyfriend and she and I said to her, you do realize, don't you? Because she said, oh, you know, I miss him because I want that feeling that I used to get when I was with him. Hmm. And I said to her, you do realize that feeling was never coming from him, that that feeling is already inside of you and you can access that at any time. And it just blew her mind because she'd been living in the reality of, I need you so that I can feel this way. Yeah. I want to be in that situation so I can feel differently to the way I feel right now. Mm. And I said to her, it's always been in there inside of you, always. So yeah. You are the love you seek. And when you really can see that, that change, that's just a game changer because then you're free to make decisions around whether or not you want to date, not date, be in a relationship, not be in a relationship. And I'm I'm an advocate for just doing what you feel is aligned for you. And none of it's wrong, none of it's right. It's just, yeah. Um, but you're free to make those choices without being conditioned to, you know, yeah I love those definitely and where can we find you what's your website or your social media channels so marinapearson.com and there you'll find the unshackled woman um there is a people pleasing quiz I'm also um at the unshackled woman on Instagram and marina pearson on Facebook perfect oh thank you so much it's been an amazing conversation Thank you so, so much for being here with me today. It means the world to me and my heart is so full of gratitude right now. If you are feeling pulled to, I would love you to leave a review over on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever they're called, or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast from, whichever platform you are on. Leave a review, even do a five-star Uh, rating if you fancy it and yes go and follow me over on instagram gemma.haley.niece or i'm on linkedin as gemma niece so thank you so so much for being here and always reach out to me i'm always have my dms open as again instagram gemma.haley.niece or linkedin or go on my website which is www.gemmaniece.com so thank you so much and i will see you again next week